Welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. We're a church in Manchester who love Jesus, each other, and our city. Catch up on this week's message and more. So, moving swiftly along. Um, I'm just really encouraged this morning. Um, the moment we walked into pre-service prayer, pre-service prayer happens 9.45 every Sunday morning. If you're ever around, you ever get up early, feel like you want to come to church early, come to pre-service prayer. Um, from the moment we walked in, I felt like the Lord was just speaking about uh, what's been going on. And then obviously Emma's testimony ties in exactly what I'm going to be speaking about, which is amazing. And the way the team have led us in worship uh, and the words that have come forward through worship. Um, I just have, yeah, just feel expectant what the Lord wants to do this morning. Um, so I hope you do too. Uh, we are going to be diving into uh, Luke 24 uh, from uh, verse 13, um, looking at the road to Emmaus, the journey on the road to Emmaus, which um, I know we sat on the weekend away uh, back in November. I'm not going to try and emulate uh, Neil Hudson because he's an amazing teacher, has a great name as well. Um, and uh, But I, I just as I was preparing this, um, I just felt the Lord was sort of challenging me um, to process this in the light of who we are as a church and um, what the Lord was saying through this encounter, this incredible encounter that this couple had uh, on the road to Emmaus. <clears throat> so let's read it um, from verse 13. Oh, I haven't seen the graphic yet. That's lovely. Um, now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they argued him, uh, sorry, they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, those with them, assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Oh, wow, I love this story. I love this 
this is the, the, the whole moments of revelation and the whole um, confusion as well. Uh, yet Jesus is in the middle of it. It's amazing. So as I said, I felt the Holy Spirit was encouraging me to, to process the story, look at the, those interactions in the light of what he was saying to us as a church and who we are as a church. So this, I just want to pull out five things that I think are really valuable to us. I find them valuable anyway, and I think, I hope you experience them uh, as part of being part of Vine Life. But also, these are things I think that the Lord is asking us to grow in and be stretched in uh, and go after and be intentional about stewarding. So firstly, we see in the story, uh, in this encounter, Jesus in everyday activities. Um, and how intimacy with him is vital wherever we are and wherever we're going and whatever we're doing. So verse 15 says, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. So they were just traveling along the road and Jesus was with them on that journey. It's just a normal everyday occurrence. We're going back. It wasn't a normal day, obviously, but it was a normal everyday thing to do. And they have, or they're about to have, the most incredible encounter with Jesus. Intimacy with Jesus is not confined to this room. I know you know that, but I want to say it. It's not confined to a religious practice. It's not confined to a small group. It's not confined to your quiet time. Jesus wants to meet you in the traffic tomorrow morning. How about that? When you're really annoyed and you're late or you're, you've missed that bus or you've missed the train. Jesus wants to meet you. Where's Jesus appearing to you? I wonder if part of the reason why this couple on the road to Emmaus did not recognize Jesus was because they were not expecting him. And obviously not expected to be walking with him. Now we know in the passage there's intimated that the Lord was hiding from them in effect and his identity wasn't revealed to them but i wonder if this is true for us we're not expect i know are you expecting to see him on wednesday afternoon at one o'clock i don't know but i wonder how many times have you stopped and i've done this many times and gone where is jesus in this yeah in a difficult situation maybe when you're looking at that electricity bill as, we were, as Andy referred to earlier. Um, usually when things are going wrong is when I say that phrase. But our encouragement here is that Jesus wants to be right there with us in the midst of it, walking alongside us. His call to us is to abide in him, to pray without ceasing, to give thanks in all circumstances. So what does that look like for us? What would it look like if our lives were like that? I wonder, this is Neil's speculation here, not no theology here, just a Neil speculation. I wonder if this couple had that expectation they were going to see Jesus when he appeared, would they have recognized him straight away? I wonder. We don't know. It's a mystery, isn't it? So, we value, I value, hopefully we all value, seeing Jesus every day, having that intimacy with him all the time. Secondly, hearing God when we study the scriptures. Verse 27, 
And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Probably the best Bible study in history, right? That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah? Sitting with Jesus while he tells you who he is through the very scriptures that are written about him, that were prophesied about him, the over 300 prophecies about Jesus um, that he fulfilled in his 30 years on the earth, 33 years on the earth. Wow. So don't miss Jesus when you study the Bible. What? How can you miss Jesus when you study the Bible, you might say? Well, I hope we don't, but it can happen. Obviously, we value scripture. We want to go deeper in our understanding and knowledge in scripture. But if we don't view it through the lens of Jesus, through the lens of the Father, and through the lens of the Holy Spirit, I think we're going to miss it. And it is possible to do this. If you read the Bible without doing that, I think things go really wrong. They can go really wrong. Um, We can look back through human history and see that many, many atrocities that were committed by mankind were justified by the Bible. Horrifying. Horrifying. Yeah? Slavery. Racism. War. And it goes on. So if you take the scripture without knowing Jesus, without him in the middle of it, things can go drastically wrong. And even here, we see it all the way through the New Testament, don't we? We see it through the account of the Gospels. The disciples didn't get it. So often, they interpreted the scriptures uh, prophesying about the arrival of the Messiah as a military ruler to overthrow the Romans, to restore Israel. The kingdom was going to be okay again because it was getting rid of the Romans. But of course, that's not what he came to do. Uh, John mentioned the other week, the, the Maccabees. I was thinking about that as a band. Are they a band, the Maccabees, as well? There we go. I'm not, anyway. um, and that kind of history and their perception, and they were looking at the Bible through the wrong lens. It was through a lens of military uh, success of the, of the nation. So, and even here, this couple are like looking at what happened, and they're disappointed because, in effect, Jesus had let them down, or they thought that because he hadn't done the thing that they they thought he was going to do. That here, though, the Bible study that Jesus does, the best Bible study in history, led to an encounter and a revelation of himself through the Holy Spirit. Verse 32 says, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Which leads me into the next point which is recognizing the presence of the Holy Spirit among us. His voice, his now word, the rhema word of God. Our hearts burning within us. And it was only afterwards that they realized that that was happening as well. That's interesting, isn't it? That it was happening. They were having this incredible Bible study. They were being um, taken through the scriptures. But it was afterwards that they realized that Jesus was there. It was him. Only then did they realize, oh, yeah, our hearts were burning within us. Um, do we miss it sometimes? Do we, do we look back and go, oh, yeah, that's what God was doing. But in the moment, maybe we don't. And maybe things could have been different. Again, would they have recognized Jesus earlier if they'd have um, honored that moment, that sense 
of the Spirit burning in their hearts. So I'm sure you're aware that we really value the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, the gift of prophecy in particular. We had our prophetic training yesterday, which was a lot of fun. I came away super encouraged from that because I got tons of prophetic words from people who've never given me prophetic words before. It was great. We're strengthening each other when we do that. And we've talked about this on other occasions. Um, But obviously, recognizing that that and honoring the way that God speaks is another way that we get to um, encounter Jesus and recognize Jesus in our everyday. And for some of us, that might be, oh, yeah, I feel Jesus. It's easy. I feel Jesus all the time. I can hear his voice. I see visions, etc. For some, it might be like, I don't really know what you're talking about anymore. And everybody, there's a spectrum in between. And what I want to encourage you is that Jesus wants to meet you, whether you feel him or not. Comes, uh, what I want to say is that we receive by faith and not by feelings. But feelings are important, but faith is vital. So feelings are important, but faith is vital. And we know it's not a formula, but we know that Jesus puts a great importance on faith. When the miracles happen and things change, he references the amount of faith that people show in those moments. So it's really important. And I believe that we are a community that are marked by that desire to pursue the Holy Spirit and the desire to hear his voice and to be creative in the ways that we do that and to try and equip all of us to hear him. And we all hear differently. It's the wonderful, brilliant part of being in community together is that Andy hears God differently to I do. Joy hears God differently to to how I do. And we all get to hear together and all that picture comes together. It's like even this morning, there's a number, I saw a number of people coming up to you, Andy, yeah, with different perspectives on what was happening in the room today. And that just helps us all to hear what the Lord's doing. It's so good. So we receive by faith and we value it. We're intentional about it. uh, And I believe as a church community, Um, We have a history of this and we want to go further and deeper in this. And it's not just in this room, is it? Our kids are experiencing this. They want to hear, in fact, they hear, I know, a lot of them hear God better than I do or clearer than I do. Not better, that's not the right word, clearer. Um, Because they have less baggage and and maybe less cynical than than I am. Um, So we do things like adventure times and we train our kids to hear God's voice for themselves, to picture Jesus for themselves. We have prophetic teams on a Sunday morning out there around the corner, teams of people who are trained to hear God's voice on your behalf. And all that is, is intentional. Let's spend a moment listening to Jesus for you because then it equips me as a person on the team to hear Jesus when I'm out at work or on the street or with my family or wherever I am. Our prayer teams, we don't just want our prayer teams to pray, but obviously they do, but we train our prayer teams to wait, take a moment, listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying, And then pray, because there could be way more for that person than what that person knows about, which I think is really cool. We encourage our worship teams, as you experienced this morning, to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Don't always stick to to the words. Don't always stick to the song, as it were, because what is the Holy Spirit saying and doing in these moments? And even here and now, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit asked me to share with you this morning. Um. And to hear him. But hey, there's lots of different ways that we do this. 
you know, as a leadership team that um, I get a privilege to be a part of, we are trying to listen to the Holy Spirit and the decisions we make, how we work together. And hopefully we'll tell you loads more about that tonight in our annual gratitude meeting. I like that. I'm going to nick that. So let's be a people who recognize the Holy Spirit, the different ways he speaks, whether it's feelings, senses, whether it's imagination, visions, through the scriptures. Let's be aware of when our hearts are burning because his presence is there. And let's be obedient to that. So we see Jesus in our everyday activities. He comes and walks with us like he did with this couple on Emmaus. We hear and see and experience him through the scriptures. Are you reading the Bible through the lens of Jesus? And then we hear God through his instant word, through his Holy Spirit. And we want to hear God in community. It was as they took communion together that Jesus was revealed to them, to that couple. It wasn't out on the street. It wasn't in a meeting. It wasn't in a one-to-one. It was in a community moment, a communal moment around a table, having a meal. When he broke the bread, that's when they realized who he was. Verse 29. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. So building community is vital, not just for the sake of hanging out together, although that's nice, but so we can meet Jesus, hear from him through each other. The greatest revelation in this moment, in this story, happens when they sit at the table with Jesus and they share communion. Just, yeah, just drink that in for a moment. Isn't that amazing? Um, So that could be a meal. That could be actual communion here. Um, And that's a fun, chaotic morning, isn't it? When we do communion, we've got the kids in. Where do we go to which station? And how many millions of pieces of bread does my little son eat? before I stop him, because nobody else gets communion. All of that is fun, though. It's messy. It's community. But let's not shut our ears to what the Holy Spirit might want to say to us when we meet together in those moments. Hey, don't we have small groups? We're encouraging people to go to small groups for the same reason. It's not just so we can have a nice time together on a Tuesday night. But that, you know, we do, which is nice. But we want to hear from, from the Lord. We want to hear from Jesus in those moments. Maybe you want to eat meals together. Maybe you're going to have some students round. I was expecting a whoop then from the students, but it's all went quiet. Yes. <laughs> Feed some students. Free food for students. Not just because they like free food, but we want to hear from Jesus together. These are all opportunities for you to hear God through each other and meet Jesus as you share that time together. Christianity is not supposed to be just you and God, you and Jesus, you and the Holy Spirit. It's you, God, and others. There's strength in community, in being with each other. It's the, if it's the one thing, and there's many things that we've learned over the last three years, is that loneliness kills. We need each other, and we need community. How desperate were we to kind of meet together? 
How desperate were we to go around to each other's houses when we were allowed to sit in a garden? I remember that, sitting in a garden, and it was absolutely freezing. Oh, but we were desperate to do it, weren't we? Um, even in our health, in our natural bodies, you know, I find it fascinating um, that our immunity is stronger when we're together, when we're in community. You know, I've had a rough winter, this winter with colds and sickness and illness. Um, and I don't normally get colds, and so I might get one maybe. And I had about two months of it nonstop. And most of my team at Barnabas, where I work, also got ill and had COVID again and all sorts of stuff. And it just struck me how our immunity has been weakened by two years of not properly mixing. So in order to have strong immunity, we need strong community. My small group is smiling at me because I came up with that in my small group. and I thought it was a good Twitter line. But anyway, I was waiting for a, uh, a sound effect, Dave, but, you know. So we need to mix in order to be stronger. That's my point. I don't know whether I've lost the point in all that. But strong community makes us stronger as uh, in our walk, in our faith, in our connection with Jesus. And then they go from there to tell others. From the place of revelation, they go to tell others others. Verse 34, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together, saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. From that place of revelation, from that place of strength, from revelation of who Jesus is, hearing his word, going through the Bible, all these amazing things that happened in this one story, they then go, and they, they, they're desperate. They, they race back seven miles, that's what we're told. So they've just done seven miles, and then they're going to go seven miles back because they're so excited. They're so excited about the fact that they've met the rev risen Jesus. You know, we can't go and share what we do not know. Once they had the revelation of Jesus, they could not help but go and tell others. Do we need a fresh revelation of Jesus in order to go and share Jesus? Perhaps. Can you not help but tell other people? Are you on fire to tell other people? Or do you get scared? I do. It's the reality, isn't it? Sometimes I have a moment where I'm like, oh, I could say something about Jesus right now, but maybe I won't. There's no condemnation in here. No guilt here, but I feel like Jesus is calling us forward and says, meet with me. Because when you do, I think you won't be able to help it. But you tell others, live your life differently, become a living testimony of who he is. And if you're doing, you know, if we're honoring the prophetic words, we're honoring Holy Spirit everywhere. You're being intentional to position yourself to encounter Jesus then worship with Jesus, dialogue with Jesus, sharing Jesus becomes easier, I think. Because it becomes an overflow, not something we have to drum up or oh, I'm going to get up, I'm, oh, I'm just going to, I'm really going to tell somebody about Jesus today. I was on the bus or at work. It doesn't work, does it? 
doesn't work. You get tired, and they probably go, you're just being weird. Why have you shoehorned Jesus into this conversation about uh, football or something? So I have a friend um, who, when he goes into a coffee shop, he's, he's scanning the room. And often I'm like sat next to him and go, Why are you, what are you looking for? And he'll be looking for who needs a word? Who needs healing in this coffee shop? Who might need a word of knowledge? Uh, and he just, he's just so natural at it. He's a, he's, he's a massive guy. So he kind of, you know, it's one of these people who just like fills a room uh, with his personality and, and physicality. And he's just so lovely. But he is always bold enough to, to go and do that. And whenever I've been with him, he's super challenged me uh, to do the same thing. But it isn't an effort. It's just part of who he is and part of how it comes out of him. Um, and I know there's other people in the room today who do that. I've got great stories about that. But I'm encouraged to, in this passage, to hear Jesus call us into our full identity. How he shows up with us in those moments. Whether it's um, hearing the now word of God, whether it's taking communion together, being in community. Whether it's reading the scriptures from the, the lens of Jesus. Or whether it's finding Jesus in your everyday. When you're walking along in life's moments. But there is a challenge, isn't there, in this um, in this story and in the way this couple miss things or think differently. They miss Jesus when he was right in front of them. And that ch- that's challenging, isn't it? It's a challenging thought. Like I said earlier, was it because they were not expecting him? Their paradigm was disappointment, grief, and they had no faith that they would see Jesus again. So do we miss Jesus when he's with us because of that? Or was this because they were traumatized? They had just witnessed the execution of the person they thought was their savior. And, you know, there's probably a whole other message around trauma. I I won't get into that today, but I do feel as as I was processing this, that trauma is a big deal. I know personally in my life it's a big deal. I know that we, as a as a nation, have walked through trauma. Um, and there's trauma happening in many different people's lives today. But I wonder, is that the trauma that stops us engaging with Jesus and has that lasting negative effect? Because th- I think they were trauma. I think this couple were traumatized. They were walking back from that moment of horror of knowing that Jesus was now dead. And they were their world was they were full of grief, it tells us, isn't it? But I think I think it was this just level of trauma in them that meant they couldn't engage maybe with what was happening as Jesus walked alongside them. And it's his grace and his mercy that he led them through this conversation, through the Bible study, to the communion, to ultimately revealing himself, and then they're healed because they meet the resurrected Jesus in that moment. So I think, you know, for people today, myself included, I would say trauma can hold you back. We talked about the padded cell earlier and being maybe trapped in, in what you would consider to be sin and or things where you're missing things with the Lord. Maybe that's the trauma that is um, skewing your relationship with him or how you see him or how you perceive him or others. And I feel there's healing available today. And we'll come to that in a moment uh, when we take some time to pray. 
So they missed Jesus even when he was right in front of him. They misinterpreted the scriptures uh, and they thought the Messiah, what the Messiah would come and do, expecting a military ruler, a leader, not a servant king. Again, it's the challenge to us. Do we hear Jesus when we study the scriptures? Are we studying the scriptures? Maybe that's the other challenge this morning. How often do you read your Bible? Again, no condemnation. Um, but it's a challenge. It's a challenge to me. And they let circumstances and ev- events dictate their faith level rather than what they'd heard from Jesus. The events in Jerusalem were their focus, understandably, uh, and how they processed the arrival of Jesus alongside them was through that lens. How do we process and navigate those difficult circumstances and things in our lives? Do we process them looking at the circumstance? The electricity bill that we mentioned earlier, the health condition, the broken relationship, whatever it is? Or are we confident to face those things with Jesus in the midst of them, fixing our eyes on him or fixing our eyes on the circumstances? Again, we want to stand with you and pray with you for that. It's not, it's not condemnation. This is, a, this is the call. This is the gracious, loving Father calling us into who we really are and the victory that he's brought for us on the cross so that we can be a set free people who can bring freedom to others. Does that sound good? I feel I feel challenged when I was writing this, um, but in a good way. And I'm encouraged that the Lord has been speaking all morning about this. Um, so as we land this now, I just want to encourage you that you can see Jesus in your everyday. Whatever you're doing, sat at a computer, dealing with family stuff, sorting out the kids on a journey to work, in that meeting that's going to be really difficult this week. Jesus wants to come alongside you and walk with you in that. You can hear God in the scriptures. I got a sense today that maybe some of you are finding it really hard to read the Bible. For whatever reason, whether it's you find it boring, whether you don't understand really what you're reading, or you don't know where to start, or maybe you did it for a while and then you got stuck. I think there's a call for you to pick it up again. Maybe talk to somebody about it. Certainly come and get prayer. But I feel that Jesus wants to meet you again and lead you through the scriptures. Even some of maybe the, some of the weird stuff in the Old Testament. And let's be honest, there's some weird stuff in the Old Testament. Jesus wants to meet you even in that. Because he will and he can. And he shows, shows me those things as well. Do we want to recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit among us? Those words, those prophetic words. Come and get prophetic this morning. Maybe you've got a word that you want to give to somebody else and you feel scared. Step out. Let's do it. Maybe remember it should encourage, build up and strengthen the person who's receiving it. We want to hear God in community. Maybe you've never been to a small group and you really don't know what that's all about. Come and have a chat with one of the team at the info desk. We'd love to connect you. Or maybe you just need to invite somebody around for dinner. Go for a walk. Let's build community together and hear Jesus in those moments. And ultimately, I believe that that through all of this, he's going to help us share him with the world around us. Yeah, we don't do this. Don't, we don't 
exist for ourselves. We exist for the world out there that doesn't know Jesus, don't we? So this is our moment to build our strength and strengthen our spiritual muscles and go for it and see what he does. Maybe you will have a word. Maybe you'll have an opportunity to pray with somebody. Maybe you're just going to make somebody a cup of tea this week. You know, in my world at Barnabas, when we're chatting to people coming out of addiction, we just tell them, go and do something positive today. Go and hold the door for somebody else and see what happens. And it's life-changing. It might sound really, really simple, but it's life-changing. Maybe you need, just need to do that this week. Maybe that's what Jesus is asking you to do. Go and carry something for somebody or hold, hold the door for somebody. Or pray for somebody, lead them to Jesus. All of it's good, yeah? And we're all in this journey together. Shall we pray? Why don't you stand if you're able to? So there's been lots shared this morning, lots of different prayer points, but let's just um, let's just position ourselves. So you might want to put your hands out physically to represent receiving from the Holy Spirit. Nothing magical in doing that, but just posture yourself to receive from him. Maybe put, place your hand on your heart if you prefer to do that. But just as that couple walked along the road and ultimately met with you, Jesus, I just want to pray for us this morning that we would be a people who, walking out our daily lives, would expect to meet you, Jesus. So come, Holy Spirit. Just receive from you. Just take a moment. There's no rush. I want to pray for those who maybe feel like they don't hear God. And the promise that we have is that everybody can hear from you, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, our Heavenly Father. So I just want to pray that truth over everybody in the room that you can and you will hear the now word from the Holy Spirit. It's going to look different for all of us. But Lord, I pray for a release in that freedom. And I want to pray for those who are struggling to read their Bible or finding it hard. Lord, I pray the scales would come off their eyes. I pray even if it's as simple as having a more uh, dyslexic-friendly Bible, then I pray for that. I pray for healing from dyslexia. But most of all, I pray that people, everybody here would meet you, Jesus, when they open their scriptures. And finally, Lord, I want to pray for people to be released from trauma. Maybe that's the trauma of COVID, trauma of a specific incident, trauma from childhood. And in that moment, I pray for a revelation of Jesus. Hope you enjoyed today's message. If you want to find out more, head to our website, findlife.co.uk, or follow us on Instagram. God bless. See you soon.